0: The Beat Church in Pflugerville, Texas. Bringing you messages of inspiration, hope, and freedom. Turn up the volume and get ready for the truth that will set you free. You know, only God can take broken... People and help other broken people. You know, we sing these songs, you know, we just we cannot forget where we came from. You know, every person in here has a broken story, a broken past, a broken thing going on. And it's easy as you go along to just like get into a mindset of like you forget. We can't forget. You know, we are where we are, each one of us, because of the goodness of God. And every time that you're able to help someone or be a part of someone's life and their restoration, you got to think of the miracle that that is. That God can take broken to fix broken. It's really an amazing thing. And only He can get the, get the glory for that. Father, we just praise we get into your word this morning. Lord, that you would touch our minds and our hearts and our lives, God, to be able to understand and receive it. Amen. Um, We're starting the Christmas season, uh, which is good. We're going to get into a couple of the gifts of God that I think are just the greatest gifts of Christmas that God's given us. Uh, This message is fear not. Who's ever dealt with fear in your life in any way, some kind of fear? Yeah, it happens, right? Social anxiety, fear of finances, fear of health, fear of uh, just everything, all kinds of things. Just fear is a constant bombardment and attack. Just it's always coming. Um, as you know, I get a drink of water. As you know, for us in our own, uh, in my own life, as I've shared before. You know, I used to be so gripped with fear and social anxieties and and those types of things, I literally would hide in my closet at my house when people came over. I mean, that type of real gripping fear. Um, You know, our culture is full of fear. It's just full of fear. People are afraid to even post things online because they're afraid people are going to bash them or cancel them. They're afraid of something they've done in their past being found out. They're afraid of... I mean, just, there's just fear everywhere of all different types. You know, even when people are doing well, I could talk to somebody who are doing, I mean, everything is going so well. It's amazing. And they're like, man, my life is great. And they still are just uncomfortable and feeling fearful because they are afraid, quote, that it's all going to come crashing down. That the, some, at some point, this is, it's going too good. It's going to crash. Like, my life is just doing too well. It's going to fall down. Like, even when things are going good, it's a reason to be afraid. That's a lot of fear. That's a lot of uh, just discomfort and uncertainty. Where does it come from? Why does it get such a grip? Why does it get such a hold? Uh, We're going to get into that a little bit. We're going to get into the gift of Christmas that God's given us to set us free from that. Uh, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 9, it says, Now in those days a decree went out. This is the story of, of Jesus. He's, he's in the womb, baby Jesus, and kicking around, you know. They didn't have the ability to do the whole ultrasound thing and look inside back then. But if you did, you would have saw that big bushy beard in there. <laughs> the beautiful little Jesus just floating around in there. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of the whole empire. This was the first census to take place while Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to his own town to register. So they had a mandate. Go do this. You have to do this. You have to go. So they load up, they pack up, they're, they're on their way. And so Joseph also went up from Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem since he was from the house in the line of David. We talked a lot about David last month, the man after God's own heart. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to him in marriage, and, he's, and she was... Ex- starts to get interesting, though, and there was shepherds residing in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks. Oh, wait, I skipped the verse. While they were there, the time came for a child to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now i want to stop right there for a second. They're on their way there, they're supposed to go, they're being made to go, she's pregnant, they get to the inn, there's nobody in the inn, and a lot of times, you know, we've heard this verse, taught. if you've been in church for very long, and and you hear things like, man, where's the innkeeper, he doesn't care, And, and they're casting her out, and all these kinds of things. Where's God? This is God's plan. God's the one that, that got her pregnant. God's the one that said, go to Bethlehem. God's the one that did all this. So we can blame the innkeeper. There's no room and he wouldn't make a space for her. And they got pushed out and they have to do this thing in a stable and that stuff. But, but really, she's in the situation. She's going there. She's responding to the call of God who said, hey, by the way, you're about to get pregnant and, and this is gonna be a, a scandal if it gets out and, and you've never even been with a man before, but I'm doing this by the Holy Spirit and, and I'm gonna change your whole life and turn it all upside down. And she says, okay, I'm in. And he says, all right, you're gonna have to go here now and you're gonna have to stay. And she gets there and there's not even a room. Where's God? Have you ever tried to respond to the call of God in your life and God's put things on your heart and put things for you to do and you've said okay and it's made you uncomfortable? Maybe it's cost you money, it's cost you time, you've had to leave a job, you've had to change cities, you had to do something. All these things and you're going and you're like, I'm just trying to respond, I'm just trying to be faithful and you get there and there's not even a room. Like God, I'm just trying to do this and you're, you're not even helping me. Like where are you at? I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to foster a kid. I'm trying to adopt a kid. I'm trying to make my marriage work. I'm trying to do something, Lord, and all I need you to do is show up and just at least give me a room at least help me out. Show that you're with me. Show that you didn't abandon me. Show that I'm not on my own. Anybody ever felt that way? Man, I'm just trying to do the right thing. I can't even catch a break. A car broke down again. A job laid me off. I had the perfect job and then I got laid off because of COVID or because of a vaccine or because of this or because of that. Like, I thought everything was right. Now this is going wrong. It's like, God, I'm just trying to just go to Bethlehem. Like, you're the one who told me to go here. Like, where are you at? Yeah, I think that had to go through her mind. Like, couldn't you even do that? I mean, you can make me pregnant. You can't give me a room. Sometimes we judge our circumstances and think that God's not with us and that's just not true. God just has a different way of doing things. I keep reading. And there was shepherds residing in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks by night. And just then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Okay, we'll slow this verse down too. Shepherds are out in the field hanging out and it's not just that a ghost showed up. A scary ghost, and they were terrified. Angels came, yeah, that could be scary, maybe, you know, but angels, you know, are beautiful and wonderful. But the glory of the Lord came, like the goodness and the glory of God came. And what was their response? They were terrified. They were ter- what were they terrified of? Like the glory of God, the goodness of God came to their life, and they were just literally just terrified. That doesn't make any sense. We're talking about fear, but just saying about God, right? We love God. God loves us. Somebody that you really love walks in the room, and somebody that really loves you walk in the room. What's your normal response? Jennifer's like, ah. <laughs> like you haven't seen your mom or dad for a while. They live in a different state, and they show up and surprise you. They knock on the door. They walk in. Grandma and grandpa's here. And everybody runs, screams, and freaks out, terrified. Is that how it works? That's not really how it works. Jenna was just gone on a trip for almost a week. Comes back, knocks on the door, opens the door. Kyle, what happened? Were you terrified? Yeah, kind of. Hey, every dad that stays home with kids by himself for a week is terrified when mom comes home. I tell you that right now. That's probably not a fair example, but you're terrified that that doesn't not make sense. So you gotta slow these verses down. Sometimes we read through them so quick. Yeah. Why are they scared? They have to be scared, not because they think God loves them. They've got to be thinking something else. Like, here's the glory of God. Like He is after me. Anybody ever feel like God's after you? Done too many wrong things? You've been on the wrong side of, of God too much? Here's that word, that word terrified comes from the word phobos. It means panic, flight, fear, the causing of fear, terror. But here's the part I want to focus on. Withdrawal, fleeing because of feeling inadequate. That's what it means. The glory of the Lord came and the shepherds panicked and were in fear and started to withdraw emotionally and mentally and to back away because... They felt overwhelmingly inadequate to be in the presence of the glory of God. Why? Well, first of all, because they were. Not all fear is false. False evidence appearing real. Sometimes fear is real stuff being real. Like they were inadequate to be in the presence of God. God is perfect. He is holy. He's amazing. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. We should have a healthy fear of the Lord. He's perfect. He's awesome. He's amazing. Fear in and of itself, at their inadequacy, isn't wrong. At the time, everything they knew about God was the judgment of sin. The wages of sin is death. Adam and Eve were in the garden, and they sinned. They did what God said not to do, and they went and did what? They withdrew. They hid themselves. They got away. Why? Because God was looking for them and they realized that they were inadequate in and of themselves. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not the gospel that we are adequate. Sometimes in the church that's what it's been interpreted as, that we are adequate, that we are okay, that God just wants to find us and tell us that we were okay, that we're fine. But that's not the gospel. The gospel is that we are inadequate. The gospel is that we are broken. The gospel is that we are people who have sinned against God, that we've done something that deserves a punishment. Done something that hurts our brother or our sister, that hurts our neighbor, that doesn't show God's love, that it's a problem. And so they have a fear that is real, And that's what they were afraid of. The good news of the gospel is not that Jesus came to earth. It's why he came. It's that he didn't come to find them for punishment, but he came to take on the punishment himself. It's that he literally came hunting them down. Not to take their life, but to give his. This is the gospel. It wasn't to change the plan that the wages of sin is death. It was still, that's still it. It was to find them and let them know that their bill was paid. So they didn't have to hide, they didn't have to run, they didn't have to be inadequate. He had made it right. The story goes on. The angel said to them, do not... Be afraid. Do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior. Someone has come to save you. Someone's come to take your place. Someone's come to help you. Someone's came to, to restore you. Someone's came to bring Reconciliation. Someone's came to cover the mistakes of your past. Someone's come to cover the mistakes of your future, of your present. That's what brings freedom. Could you imagine if we were to be brought into salvation, to be saved by God, to be cleansed, and then started brand new, and then we're on our own? Wouldn't that be worse than the start? because at least I already knew I was screwed up and I had no hope, but if God was really literally to cleanse me, to wash me, to start me new, to set me up, and then say, okay, here you go, brand new, and I realize, okay, I have hope, and then I look around and I say, but it all depends upon me? How, How terrifying. We know ourselves better than anybody does. We certainly know that we are not able in our own strength and in our own power to measure up, to do everything right, to work it all out, to never be angry, to have the right thoughts and the right attitudes and the right heart. But he said, don't be afraid, a Savior's been born, he's Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. This will be your sign, Baby. I think probably the reason that Jesus came as a baby, this isn't in the Greek or the Hebrew, can I just sidebar? If God is gonna spend our whole life cleaning up our mess, wouldn't it make sense to come as a baby so someone could clean up his for a little while, Kyle? I mean, joke's on us, right? I mean, he could come as a full-grown adult, but I mean, why not, right? Hey, guys, have fun. He'll be here for a little while. He came as a baby, And just starts and goes through the process and walks it out with us. It says, suddenly they appeared an angel of great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God. Now here's the two gifts that we're going to unwrap. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, this is what he's giving. First it's just glory to God. But now here's the announcement of what he's brought. There's a savior. Glory to God. Here's what he's brought. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Other translations say in goodwill towards men, but the actual translation of the verse, the, the word goodwill is favor. 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 Every, uh, I can get us a seat, man. I know some people, man. I got some favor here. Let me talk to them. Favor. Like if there's two people, the one with the favor gets it, right? The one without the favor doesn't. That's how it works. Right When someone says do me a favor, what they really mean is, hey, show that you care about me more than the normal. Like break the rules, do something for me, do me a favor. That's what it means. On whom his favor rests, what does rest mean? It means it's not going anywhere. It doesn't say over whom his favor passes. It's on whom his favor rests. It literally just comes and just rests. I'm staying here. Well, are you leaving soon? No, I'm staying here. How long are you staying? I'm, no, I'm resting. I'm going I'm to stay right here. When God's favor comes upon us, it's not to pass over us. It's not even just to do a quick work. Okay, I'm going to clean you up. Okay, you had favor. You had my grace. You had my favor. I cleaned you up. You're good to go. No, his favor comes and then it just rests and it just stays there. Whatever God did in your life to bring you out of the brokenness that you were in, to bring you to the place that you are now, that same level of favor that brought you out of that disaster is the same level of favor that's still on you right now. And if it could do all that work to bring you out of the disaster, don't you think it wants to continue to do work to take you forward in even greater things? He's wanting to pour favor on you. But what happens when you show up? What happens if you made a mistake? Is the favor gone? Hello? When it first came, you were a disaster. So now you tumbled or fell or slipped or messed up or did something, now it's gone? It never came because you were good. It never came because you deserved it. It never came because you were better than the other person. It came because God is good. Because he wanted to love on you. Because he wanted to save you. Because he cared for you. It's the same reason it came for me. I wasn't better than another person. I was just a total disaster. And he said, you know, I'm coming. I didn't earn it. How can I lose it? I didn't buy it. I didn't work up to it. It just came suddenly like these angels out of nowhere, undeserved, unmerited, unwarranted. It just came. I'm just sitting in the darkness like they were. Minding my own business, alone, away. They weren't at church. They weren't seeking God. They were just out in the dark, sitting on a hillside, doing their thing. And suddenly this angel appears and says, peace and favor is coming to rest on you. We talk a lot about how, man, I was just seeking God, man. I found him in this place or that place. I was never seeking God. I was withdrawing. I was pulling away. I was running. He came to seek and save the lost. And he's appeared and he calls out peace on earth to men whom his favor rests. Or peace on earth, goodwill towards men is how it's also interpreted. What is peace? The word peace means wholeness, wholeness. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that, okay, look, I was going to punish you. I was going to fight you. I was against you. We had this problem, but the problem's over. I'm not going to do it, so I'm just going to let you be. No, it actually means wholeness. I'm going to come, and the missing pieces of your life, I'm going to bring them and put them in place. You ever feel like your mind's fragmented? Your emotions are fragmented? It's like, I don't know, I just feel all broken. He comes to bring a wholeness, to put you together, to complete what he initially planned on doing when he created you. Maybe someone else broke you. Maybe you broke yourself. It doesn't matter how the brokenness came. He came to put it together and to bring a wholeness and a completeness back into your life. Where you don't have to go around feeling inadequate. You don't have to go around feeling like something's missing. I'm not a good enough father. I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough mom. I'm not a good enough kid. I don't know if I can measure up. I don't know if once I become an adult I can I can survive out here. I don't know if. He came to bring wholeness and completeness that you are now adequate. You're okay. when all essential parts are joined together, Colossians tells us that all things are held together in him. He literally comes and he holds everything together. It's peace. It's God's gift of wholeness. Well, what was missing? Dependence on God was missing. If dependence on God is missing in your life because you're gonna pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you're gonna go get it on your own, you're gonna make it, you're gonna do it. Boy, that is a great thing to try. And it gets really discouraging, exhausting when you realize I can't. I can't. Every time I climb over this hill and I look, there's another hill. Every time I get up here and look, there's another one. You realize, man, I need some help. May hey, God's here to help. Missing trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I don't trust God. I don't trust other people. Life without trust is really, really hard. You have to trust. Otherwise, you're always anxious. You're always afraid because someone's going to do you wrong. Someone's going to mess up. I don't know if I can trust myself. gotten this far, and I'm probably going to blow it. You know what? You are probably going to blow it. You're probably not doing as good right now as you think you are anyway. Just ask someone that knows you. that's true. I'm so much better than I was. Well, let's not, jump the, let's not jump the shark. You're a little better than you are. Let's keep trying. Let's keep working at it. Let's keep doing it. He came to restore relationship that was missing. Sin breaks relationship. It puts us at odds with God. It puts us at odds with each other. And he came to bring relationship back together. What's this empty hole? Man, we see that all the time. I mean, even people who are super successful in the worldly sense find themselves oftentimes unfulfilled, turning to drugs, alcohol, sex, violence, whatever the case might be, just running, keep trying to fill it. It's just not full. Be keen to bring fulfillment. These are the things, that's what the wholeness he comes to bring. Peace and favor. Romans 4, 25, 5 and 2. He was delivered over to death. This is how he did it. He was delivered over to death for our trespasses and was raised to life for our justification. The way that he did it, the way that he gave this gift, this free gift of peace and favor, wholeness and favor, wholeness and goodwill. Okay, listen to that. I could step here all day. I could step here till tonight. Just repeating the word goodwill, favor, goodwill, favor, goodwill, favor. And everyone will leave here with still no idea about the immensity and the overwhelming goodwill and favor that God has towards your life. We will not be able to understand it until we get to heaven. There's no way. Ephesians 3.20 is able to do exceedingly abundantly of all we can imagine or ask according to the power that's at work within us. His favor and goodwill is beyond anything that we can ask and it's beyond anything that we can imagine. In other words, even if we sat and tried to think it out and, and just dream it, we couldn't even grasp it. And yet, oftentimes, when I talk to people, they feel like they've lost God's favor or his goodwill, and they've kind of like used it all up. But the word says that it's beyond what we can even imagine. How could you have used it up? You don't even know where to look. there's so much, you can't even find it. It's everywhere. It's like space. They keep thinking, oh, we found this many stars, and there's this many planets. When I grew up, there was this many planets. Eight or nine planets, however many there was. Now they're like, there's a thousand planets. And then the next time, oh, there's a hundred thousand planets. They're like, there's an infinite number of planets. And the more telescopes we get and the farther out we go, do you know what we find? We find just, we find more planets. This is the favor and the goodwill that God has for your life, not because you are adequate or because you've earned it or because you deserve it, but simply because he is absolutely, unbelievably, incredibly amazing. And the more that you walk with God and the farther that you walk with him is like going out on one of those telescopes into space and you keep going, well, I think I'm at the edge. And all of a sudden you go through like a wormhole or something and boom, it's a whole other place. Whoa, there's more. There's more. I thought it was amazing when I could just sit through a church service and not feel like I had to leave because I was so inadequate and didn't belong in the room. So, you get up and go to the bathroom all the time, get a drink all the time, walk out all the time, go out and pace outside all the time. So, I just didn't feel comfortable even being in there. And when I could finally just come in and just sit and be where everybody's at and just stay there and feel peace about it, I thought, God is so good. I couldn't have seen far enough out to even imagine being here. The goodness of God is just beyond. This Christmas, when you buy gifts, who are you going to spend the most money on? Pastor Art, will you spend more money on my wife or your wife? (laughs) Smart man. Why? Yeah, that's his wife, right? He loves her. Does he love my wife? Yeah. But thankfully and hopefully and absolutely, he loves his wife more. What's that have to do with anything? Nothing. It's just fun to say. No, here's what it has to do with. We like to say money doesn't matter. A gift's a gift. It's a thought that counts. That's just not true. We spend the most money on the people we love the most. That's what we do. Even though it shouldn't be that way because money's not the thing. But you will spend more money on your spouse than someone else's spouse. And you will spend more money on your kid than someone else's kid. And some of you will spend more money on yourself than anyone else. That's a different sermon. But you spend the most on the person that you love. The price that God paid was his life. He paid the absolute most that he possibly could that's what he paid we can't even understand that I bought my wife's Christmas present already if I was at the register and they said well do you have enough I said well I got like this much and they said well actually it's your life I wouldn't have bought it (laughs) He paid as much as he could possibly pay. He had no more to pay. You can have everything I have. Everything. Because I love you, Matt. Everything because I love you, Bobby. If this will get me, Brandon, you can have all of what I have, every, everything, my life. We're just people, so we can't understand it, but man, I just pray that God will help us get it. How would it change your life if you really believed that? How would it change fear, anxiety, brokenness? If you really, truly, not just religiously, and not just a little bit with a sincere heart, but fully could just somehow grasp the idea that God loved you so much that he brought wholeness and favor in your life to rest on you, to stay on you, and there's nothing you can do about it because he's too big to move. i got a bunch of extra kids in my house right now. And we were on the trampoline the other day. And guess who gets to sit on the other kid? Whichever kid is biggest. Right? If this kid's bigger, they get to sit on you. But if a bigger kid comes in, they get to sit on you. Whoever's biggest gets to sit on the other one, and the little one can't do anything about it. I grew up like that, and I wasn't always the biggest. My kids, Cami and Jack, used to be like that. Kristen, and Alicia used to be like that. Whoever's the biggest gets to sit on the other one and hold them down. Jackson was always the littlest. He was always the one getting sat on. And he used to tell me for years, one day I'll be big enough. <laughs> I said, someday you probably will be big enough. And he's like, someday I'll be big enough. Krista got old enough and moved out. Escaped before things got ugly. (laughs) Alicia got old enough and moved. Cammie was stuck at home. When Jackson finally got big enough. To be the one on top. And then all the begging and the mercy and this isn't fair came flying out. I can't believe this. All these years it wasn't fair the other way around. Would it really be fair if I didn't let him sit on you and hold you down? (laughs) In fairness, we have to at least give it six months. (laughs) After that, boys can't pick on girls, stop it. (laughs) God is so much bigger than us that if he has decided that his favor is gonna come and rest on you and sit on you, do you really think a little bit of wiggling? A little bit of you not... Sitting right is going to throw him off your lap. He's come to sit on your life and to change you. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Like Jenna shared, even if we're unfaithful, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He's in Ephesians two four through ten. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our trespasses. How is it that you found God and climbed out if you were dead? It is by grace, which actually this word grace translates favor. It's not just forgiveness, it's favor again. It was by favor that you've been saved. God favored you, he wanted you, he picked you, he chose you. And God raised us up with Christ and sealed us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, sealed. Do you know what sealed means? Closed. Sealed. Well, maybe I'll unseal myself. Have you ever had someone a lot stronger, bigger than you seal something? Tighten it? And then you try to untighten it? It's hard to open something that somebody stronger than you is tightened closed. God sealed it. We know that when Noah was in the ark and God shut the door and sealed it up, guess what? No man could open it because God sealed it shut. If God has sealed you, you're like, well, I know, but I think I bumped the door so it probably popped open. I'm probably out. Hello, God sealed you by his spirit. He sealed you into this plan and purpose that he has for your life. He sealed you. He locked you in. I'm sorry you screwed up, I'm sorry that you don't feel like, oh, you know, I I didn't do my part. You're still sealed in. God still has you. Sorry you don't get to take as much credit for your greatness as you hoped. You have to give it all to God. But God still has you sealed. It says, in order that in the coming ages, he might display the surpassing riches of his grace, his favor, He wants to display to the world how amazing his favor and his goodness was over our lives. Demonstrated by his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace, favor, that you've been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. We're created to do good works. We're not doing a bunch of good works just because we figured out how to be great. We were actually created by God to do that, and it's him at work in us, which God prepared in advance as our way of life. Robert got a Total Gym from someone else who bought a Total Gym. At some point, somebody bought the Total Gym new. By the time I got it, it was still totally new. <laughs> Never used. Now it's been passed on to the Snalems. And the Snalems are using it. Yeah, amazing. When you give a gift this Christmas, what are you hoping the other person does with it? Uses it. Uses it. But what if they feel inadequate? What if they feel Unworthy. What if they feel like they shouldn't use it? Because they're not deserving of it. And so they just put it away and they never use it. You come back five years from now and find it in a garage sale, still in the box, still sealed. You're like, I gave you that. I know, but I I just felt so undeserving that I just never used it. Would you be happy as the gift giver? Would that bring you joy? Would that make you feel honored? That they honored you by saying your gift was so amazing they could never use it? No. You honor the gift giver by using and enjoying the gift. That's how you do it. We honor God by using and enjoying the wholeness and the favor that he gives us. And just saying, thank you. I'm going to use it. I don't know if I, I don't even think I deserve this. I'm using it. I'm going for it. I'm in. I don't know if I can help that person. I'm broken myself, but you gave me favor and a purpose, and you told me to talk to him or pray for him. I'm in. Lord, you told me to start this ministry and do that. I'm in. I don't know if I can keep taking care of myself and if all this money will keep coming in, but Lord, this, this is working right now. You gave me this job, this promotion, this business, and you gave me finances. I'm gonna use it to bless somebody. I'm in thank you. And you just start using it. That's what brings him glory. You just start using it and not worrying about whether or not you should have it. You Just accept it. Enjoy it. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. Just repeating this verse. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for the people. Today in the city of David, a savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there appeared the angel, a great multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, meaning in heaven. Let heaven rejoice and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. How did they get his peace and favor? They were still the same shepherds. They still had the same past. They still had the same income. They still had the same oppressive government around them. They're even still the same sinners. Nothing had changed about them whatsoever. One minute they're sitting there, and the next minute, the angel says, surprise, bringing you something. And all they had to do was receive it. If you'll receive him, his plan is to bring wholeness to your life in order that in the coming ages he might display to everyone around you the surpassing riches, that verse says, of his grace, demonstrated by his kindness to you in Christ Jesus. Jesus. If you will receive what Jesus has done for you. Well, I know I got saved like 10 years ago. That's not what I'm talking about. So much more. If you will receive that he saved you and then receive that he loves you and receive that he has favor resting on your life. Allow him to work in and through your life. The gift of wholeness and peace and favor will overwhelm every aspect of your life. And you can do as the angels have said, which is fear not. Don't be afraid. Wake up in the morning and don't be afraid. What's gonna happen with my family? Don't be afraid. What's gonna happen with my job? Don't be afraid. What's gonna happen with my bills? Don't be afraid. What's gonna happen when I go to this gathering and be around these people? Don't be afraid. What's gonna happen with my kids when they get older? Don't be afraid. What's gonna happen to me when I get out of school and I have to start providing for and taking care of myself? Don't be afraid. We'll receive his wholeness and receive his favor. We don't have to fear. Perfect love casts out all fear, amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you for your love and your grace over our lives, Lord. God, I pray that each person here, Lord, as they leave today, Lord, will be filled, Lord. Not filled as in filled and done, but filled as in an ongoing pouring of your spirit into their heart and into their mind. Filled, Lord, filled. It just keeps filling up. A deeper and greater understanding, Lord, of not only what you did, but what you're doing and what you will do in their life. Lord, that it would overwhelm them, overwhelm their doubts. Lord, overwhelm their fears, overwhelm their anxieties. God, flush it all out so nothing remains but your wholeness and your peace, your favor, your love over their life. In Jesus' name, amen.